Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. Most of you know that in light of the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, I have written a new book entitled Grace and Justification, subtitled An Evangelical's Guide to Catholic Beliefs. Justification was the key issue that gave rise to the Protestant Reformation. It remains the key issue, particularly between evangelical Protestants and Catholics. I've also been doing a series of broadcasts on justification, and yet I've been a little concerned because I realize that so many folks really don't have a beginner's foundation to what exactly are we talking about when we mention justification. And when you don't have the foundation, it's very hard to add to your knowledge. You need to have the the basics, so to speak. And so what we're going to do today and the broadcast next time are two broadcasts devoted to a beginner's guide to grace and justification. We're going to go to the very basics and start from ground zero so that everybody can get the maximum amount of information they need from my book, Grace and Justification, from my other broadcast devoted to the same topic. I gave a live talk recently right here in Greenville, South Carolina on grace and justification. Let's join that talk right now. I don't know if it's obvious, but it's obvious to me why I'm here, because I didn't even have to blink when I was invited what I wanted to talk about. The reason is, you've heard I've been an evangelical pastor, an evangelical youth pastor, and during that time, I thought it was my Christian duty to lead Catholics out of the church. And there is only one reason why. One. And... Uh, A lot of Catholics I've listened to for years calling in their questions about their Protestant friends. Why do we call priest father? I didn't agree as an evangelical pastor with calling priest father, but I was never motivated to lead anyone out of the church because of it. I was very uncomfortable with statues in homes and sanctuaries, but it was never a cause for leading anyone out of the church. Even Mary, which is so foreign to the evangelical Protestant mind, My daughter, who was born a year before we came into church, I named her Mary because I was convinced from the Bible that Mary was the greatest woman who ever lived. So it wasn't because of Mary I was leading people out of the church. There was one reason, one, and that was the whole issue of justification. It was the issue. It was like the Big Bang of the Protestant Reformation. That was the cause for the past 500 years why there's been a division between Protestants and Catholics. And the question really boils down to, what does the Catholic Church believe? What does the Protestant Church believe? And first I need to take a survey. When I talk about justification being the Big Bang of the Protestant Reformation, now you may have heard about it, But let me know if you just have really no idea what I'm talking about. Don't be afraid to raise your hand because my experience, okay, well, I'll tell you my personal experience. I went 20 years as a Protestant youth pastor and pastor and never encountered a single Catholic who could articulate to me what the Catholic Church believed on justification. In fact, they confirmed 
my erroneous beliefs and hence my desire to lead them out because of this issue. And it was interesting, the first Catholic that, this is just a personal story, this is free, that I ever encountered, I was watching an evangelical TV broadcast by a Protestant apologist who had the best Protestant apologist in the United States on his show to debate a young Catholic priest. And I, over justification, I thought, oh my, this poor young priest is just going to be cream because this apologist is so good, number one, and number two, Catholics don't have a leg to stand on. Well, by the time of the first break, I said to my wife, Karen, you know, that, that young priest is doing pretty good, you know? Uh, he's now taken the seat of Mother Angelica for EWTN Live, Father Mitch Pacwa. And it was very interesting, just last Wednesday, I was his guest, and I told him, the first Catholic who ever articulated this clearly in my life was you. And here we were talking about justification. So here I am. Okay, we're going to talk about justification. I noticed some Bibles here that is so good. Because my radar was... Uh, And particularly as a youth pastor, the young Catholics who were most inclined to really pursue a deeper faith life were in many ways the easiest to lead out of the church. They're already motivated to follow Christ, and I tried to show them they're going the wrong way. And if they couldn't find their way around some of the scriptures I'm going to mention to you today, it was just a tip-off for me. They don't know what the Bible says about grace and justification, hence the title of my book. So, we want to be able to, if at all possible, find some of these scriptures. And just to help you out, if I could have some help, I have some Bible bookmarks, and basically it just has the books of the Old and the New Testament. And today we're just going to do the New Testament. So in case you can't find what I'm asking you to turn to, um, you can use that Bible bookmark. But we're going to start with Paul's epistle to the Romans. And just so you know, there are two books, two epistles in the New Testament which are most pertinent to this question. The first is Paul's epistle to the Romans. And the second is Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And Galatians is kind of a concentrated form of Romans. So the two are basically talking about justification and this is what launched Protestantism. And honestly, uh, I basically got my eyes open to the Catholic faith through St. John Paul II's writing on marriage and family life. And it was so good that I thought, well, what else does the Catholic Church have to say? And I got more and more interested. But I couldn't in good conscience become a Catholic if the Catholic Church denied that justification was by grace. I thought it did. I was told it did. And Catholics agreed with me. So, we're going to try to settle that today, okay? Even if you have no background whatsoever. So, if you have a Bible, I'm looking at Romans chapter 1. And one of the reasons this is so confusing is that in the original language this was written in, which was Greek, there's a common root for justification and righteousness that's translated with two different words once it gets into English. And so you could be reading about justification and not even be aware of it. And I'm going to give you a concrete example. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, St. Paul says, For in it, and I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, 
he through, who through faith is righteous shall live. This is a tough subject. So, okay, you have one root word that comes out in both noun and verb form in Greek that in English comes out in two different words. So you could say justified or justification or righteousness or made righteous. These are simply synonyms. These are English synonyms about a common Greek word. So I could read this same verse and properly translate it. He who through faith is righteous shall live. It's the same thing. Okay. Now if we turn two pages... We're going to go to the verse that started the Protestant Reformation. This, this is where the Big Bang occurred 500 years ago, the end of October. Okay, It's Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. St. Paul writes, For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Now, just to make sure, I glanced at the Greek this morning. Where it says, we hold that a man is justified by faith. That's the, it, we could be made righteous by faith. It's just a synonym. So both of these are talking about justification by faith or being made righteous by faith. And Romans 3.28, if you have a pen, you might just want to circle the verse because this is what will happen. An evangelist or a Protestant pastor will say, we know that justification is by faith alone, as it says in Romans 3, 28. And what you want to do is pull the emergency brake. Oh, really? Let's take a look at our Bibles at that. And you'll read it. We hold that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Where's the alone? The alone isn't in the King James Version the Revised Standard Version, the English Standard Version, any English version that's ever been back to the 1500s, the word alone doesn't appear. The word alone doesn't appear in the Greek New Testament. The word alone only appeared in Martin Luther's German translation. He was called on it. He quite frankly acknowledged, I full well know that the word sola in Latin alone is not in the text. And the papists don't need to tell me that, but it's my will to put it in, and thus it is. And hence you have the division of Christianity for 500 years for a word that doesn't appear in the Bible. This is incredibly important. Okay, And you notice how I did that? We know that justification is by faith alone, as it says in Romans 3.28. Wait, wait, let's turn there in our Bible, shall we? And any Bible your Protestant friend will open, or minister friend, will not have the word alone. This is incredibly important. And it's... <laughs> you think, how come I didn't see this sooner? Whatever. Okay. Now, here's the biggie that goes right along with this. Okay. If I were to ask you today, and this, this is the question I was trained to ask Catholics. If you were to die today, okay, driving around Greenville, it's, it's a liability, right? Uh, but if you were to die today and stand before God in heaven, and he would say to you, what is the primary reason I should let you into heaven? Okay. This is the question of all questions. Because this is the question of eternal life. And 
if Catholics in my Protestant experience got this wrong, I felt it my Christian duty to lead them out of the church. Now, if you would talk to like Dr. Peter Kraft at Boston, he's asked this question of hundreds of brilliant young Catholics coming into his classes over decades, and invariably they can't answer it correctly. Okay, this is the one question you need to get right. There's a lot of things you don't need to know, but this one you do need to know. But in any case, if I, if I were to ask you, why should God let you into heaven? What's the primary reason he should let you into heaven? Now, if the answer is something like, I tried to be a good person, Okay, that's a common thing. Or I tried to do this, or I didn't do that. And that's how our youth are too often catechized. You don't do something that earns you your way into heaven. Well, if your sentence begins with I, and it doesn't have Jesus or God's mercy or the love of God as a direct object, you are not believing in any Christian doctrine whatsoever for eternal life. Okay, that's another religion entirely foreign to Christianity. Christianity is a religion that we couldn't save ourselves. I, it's like if I asked you to go out in that lawn and jump up and try to touch the moon or the sun, you'd say, you're crazy. That's right. That's not quite as crazy, though, as thinking you're going to get to heaven because of I. You don't have it. And that's why Jesus came down to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. So I'm going to tell you, and again, this is the 500th anniversary section of the Catechism. What is it? 600 pages. I'll tell you one you should know. It's section 1996, and I couldn't find anything really important in 96 other than Beanie Babies first came out, but whatever. Uh, I had to look that one up anyhow. But in section 1996 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says this. And, and see, this wasn't available when I was making my pilgrimage towards the Catholic Church. And so I'd ask people, and I'd get misdirected. I, I'm not talking about asking Catholics. This is what the Catechism says. 1996, our justification. In other words, because of sin, we're unrighteous. Okay? That means we have trouble. We're not going to go to heaven. So we need to be made righteous or justified to go to heaven. And on what basis are we justified? And it says, our justification is by the grace of God. That's the Catholic faith. Okay? Our justification is by the grace of God. And I went 20 years, went to under... Well, I did college twice. First time I didn't do too well. The second time I did pretty well. And that was a theology undergrad and a seminary education. And I believe that the Catholic Church, I thought it taught self-salvation. Because this is what I was hearing from Catholics, invariably. So, 1996 of the Catechism. And there's a little book, and you don't really need to get it, but this is a very interesting book um, because it's, it's an introduction to the entire catechism. It was written by Cardinal Ratzinger, who obviously had a promotion after he wrote this, and Christoph Schornborn, um, the two architects of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And it's very interesting, about pages 48 to 54 in here, they say this. 
the entire layout of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I'm just paraphrasing to make this quick, is like a neon sign. Because the first two sections of the Catechism, taking up over 60% of the Catechism, are about who God is and what He has done on our behalf and then how through the sacraments He makes those available to us. And He said it comes first because it's primary. It's given the greatest space because it's primary. And they say, in a short sentence, grace comes first. And if you don't get it first, you're going to have so much trouble. Because even here, when you get to the point where, like the Ten Commandments, and I'm going to pick on chastity education because I've done it wrong, it goes like this. You get young people together who don't know that grace is to be the predominant belief that they hold and trust, okay? And they're told one of ten commandments, do this, and you'll go to heaven. I mean, that's basically what youth retreats are about today. And then we wonder why 17, 18, 19 years old, they just drift away from the faith, or young adults just quit. It says in here that even when you come to the commandments, you don't just begin by grace and then the rest of it's up to you. The church teaches that to do something good, to respond in obedience to God, that's inspired by grace, that's energized by grace, and rewarded by grace. So in other words, if you're having a chastity talk or any other kind of commandment talk with young people and you don't want them to burn out, because they said they'll find the commandments exceed their ability. When you're running the little train that could, you know, your own steam, you're going to run out of steam in today's world. The, the culture is just too strong. But it's not too strong for God who can energize the heart. And so here's, I would say, like a grace hamburger. If you have young people, you start with grace. You've got to start with grace and then have your chastity talk. But just in case you didn't get it when you first came in here, that's the bottom part of the burger, okay? We're going to do grace again. It can't be emphasized enough. And here's the reason. When I was a pastor, fresh seminary, I thought everybody's needs were so utterly complicated, and so I was very complicated. And it took me about a decade to figure out this. Probably the hardest thing for a Christian to do is trust that God loves them, despite who they are, what they have thought, what they have said, and what they have done. And simply to believe, that's what faith is, to believe, it's to engage in faith, that God loves us. And that cannot be emphasized enough. Do you want to hear some words that haunted me, that just finished me off on this? There's a wonderful retreat that our young people go to every year outside of Brevard. And Pat Madrid had young people from all over the country for an apologetics camp with young people up there. And there's people from other parts of the state to go up there. So the owners have a lot of experience to what Catholic leaders have said to our young people. And I was getting ready to talk once, and one of the owners just said to me, I wish somebody would come here and just tell these Catholic young people that God loves them. See, that's faith. It's very easy to think, if I just do this checklist, God will love me. Now, God's checklist is a little bit more difficult than that. You know, it requires His mercy, His grace, and His forgiveness. Now, 
somebody might say, well, aren't Catholics supposed to do good things? Absolutely. But here's a verse that I would really recommend you just you memorize. I know Catholics can't memorize scripture, only Protestants, but it's time to start. This one's really easy, but if you can find 1 John, it's kind of in the back of the New Testament. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are right before the book of Revelation. 1st John chapter 4 and verse 19. You know, when you're studying Greek, which is kind of difficult, you go to 1st John because it's the simplest Greek in the New Testament, but it also happens to be the most profound because John was getting older, things were getting clearer, and basically just hitting the nail on the head. 1st John chapter 4 and verse 19. We love because he first loved us. We don't lovingly obey God or fulfill his commandments or do acts of mercy to get God's love. No, first we experience God's love and then we can return it. And if it's kept in this order, the faith, particularly with young people, can survive in the modern world. Otherwise, you know, you might just skate on this and not really keep this in the forefront, but there's going to be trouble. And the church teaches that our faith as Catholics, yes, we trust in the grace of God. Protestantism justification is just faith alone. No works of any type. And Protestants tend to ignore the idea that in the New Testament there are bad works and good works. There's works of the law. And there's works energized by the Holy Spirit. And our faith is to work through love. But if faith is to really work, then faith has to start with, we love because he first loved us. That's the priority of the Catholic faith. And I dare say, it's getting across, and particularly to young people and college students, in an inverted fashion. I was at a men's conference up in North Dakota I don't know, not too long ago. And I invited the organizers and they responded readily for fathers to bring their sons to this. And I can remember one particular Catholic young man, probably a college student, sitting right in the front. I started talking about this and I could just tell that this was just like revolutionary truth that's just exactly because he's going on his own steam. You know, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Because Jesus is energized. He's within us. The grace is operating. But if you answer that question, which is an expression of faith, that would be like coming Sunday morning and saying, rather than I believe in God the Father Almighty, I believe in me. Because I is self-salvation. It's the opposite of Christianity. And young people are getting it. So anyhow, this young guy and some others were there and hearing this. They go, whoa, before I got back to uh, Greenville, they said, we want you back up to talk to our college students. And I know this was it. This was the missing piece. This is the big piece. This is the centerpiece. This is the question that Catholics should be calling Catholic Radio nonstop, asking this one every week, because this is the question of all questions. And this is how it operates. All right. Now, just to get a little complicated, you might think, what has caused five centuries of confusion over this? Okay. Now, here is... Something really significant that 
let's just say I was doing a talk here in the area on justification and I had 12 students from Bob Jones University with their Greek New Testaments and one of the professors that was one of the heads of the PhD program there okay he didn't get this you are right now Protestants and Catholics have a different definition of justification and he kept saying to me, you're switching definitions. I said, no, I'm not switching. I'm trying to very faithfully give you the Protestant definition of justification and faithfully give you the Catholic definition of justification. He wasn't even aware, and you're talking about the man who's the head of a PhD program in theology, that the Catholics had a different definition. And so when Catholics saying certain things need to follow faith in order for justification to work in a person's life well his definition is this it's faith alone even though that's not in the bible okay it's faith alone and that at the very beginning of your union with god you come to god in faith recognizing that your righteousness has to come from him this is all good and then you trust in god okay but then that's it Period. That's justification. It's the initial first contact, so to speak, with grace. And it's essentially a legal declaration. And in fact, I have a Protestant apologetics book written against Catholics in my office. And it has on the cover a courtroom. Because that's the setting in Protestant justification. God is a judge. Okay, You are guilty, unrighteous. You come into the courtroom. God the judge proclaims you righteous or justified through a legal declaration and you can go on your way. Okay, Now that is actually not wrong. There are aspects called the judicial aspects of justification. But that's not the whole story. And if you go back to that 1996 section of the Catechism, after it says our justification is by the grace of God, it goes on to speak about our being made children of God. Now, this is where it really gets great. Um, I mean, really great. You've been listening to Faith and Family, and I'm your host, Steve Wood, and you've heard a talk I recently gave entitled A Beginner's Guide to Grace and Justification. If you'd like to take your understanding of justification up to the next level, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Grace and Justification, in Amazon. It's available in both print and Kindle. And while you're ordering one, how about a copy for an evangelical friend or family member? Till next time, may God bless you and your family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.